Welcome, everyone. I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to this. If you tune into this live with us, we are starting. This isn't starting anything. We just, I, I got out of the theater and I texted Cameron and I was like, I have to fucking talk about this. Do you have time? He graciously said, Yes, Cameron, thank you so much for joining me, man. As soon as I walked soon out, as I walked out of the theater, it's like, God damn it, why, damn is Adam, why does Adam's old ass have to be in bed right now? I need to talk to someone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad I I just had a snafu with the um uh with the audio, so I'm hoping that your audio is good now. Um I think it is. Do you wanna say hi? Hi. Can, can you hear me? Yeah. Am yeah. I not a ghost anymore? You're good. Sweet. You're not a ghost. Um okay, so we just got done. We got back from watching Joker. We are going to be spoiling Joker. If you have not seen Joker yet, and you don't want this movie to be spoiled, get out. Because we are going to talk about Joker in detail. We are going to spoil it. This is the only warning I'm going to give you. This is it. Spoiler warning. We're talking Joker. If you're still here, I'm assuming that you're okay with spoilers. I say this because I want to make sure it's clear. Got it, people? Okay. Here we go. I think that's clear, right? It should hopefully be. I mean, it seems clear to me. Anyone yeah. in here from this point on. Spoiler. Yeah. So for starters, yes. can we just both agree this is the best Martin Scorsese film he never made? Yes, I can absolutely agree that, with that. That, okay, so I was going to go see this regardless, but I had a buddy that, like, told me that. Like, that was his review of the movie to me, to get mm -hmm. me to go see it. And I was like, all right, sold already a huge fan of todd phillips because yeah. i mean he made one of the best music documentaries ever made which that's something too i was thinking about what do you mean what do you what are you talking have about you have you never seen hated no oh god all right so i got a movie for you to watch okay all right <laughs> hate it it's huh? just uh spoiler there's a lot of masturbation and poo eating and piss eat drinking no nope. i'm not gonna watch and that. violence it's no well, that's yeah like when i texted you last night or this morning whatever it was like while not the darkest and most violent this was killer <laughs> yeah. this was a uh, fucking amazing again everyone spoilers <laughs> I just want to make sure, because if you don't go into the theater and you don't watch this fresh, I feel like you're going to be missing part of it. And there's so many other spoiler reviews out by now anyway that if you're going to get spoiled if you're watching this. or if you're See, I personally, I find it hard to believe this is the kind of movie that can be spoiled. Because we could tell you beat for beat what happens, mm -hmm. but without actually seeing the characters, watching right. the chemistry right. between them, and really getting into the mindset of mental illness like there's you're not getting the full context yeah. at all no it's true um can we let's start with some details about the movie this is film is called joker it was just released this past thursday mm -hmm. i think on october yep. 4th uh todd officially on october 4th it was directed by todd phillips it stars um joaquin phoenix uh the producers are bradley koopa and emma tillinger um and i, I guess maybe that's I mean, there's some supporting cast, um, you know, uh, Robert De Niro, Zazie Beetz, 
let's see, Francis Conroy, Brett Cullen, blah, 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 blah. Um, I want to start, if we can, with the soundtrack, uh, the musical score, the, the composition oh. uh, behind it. I think before we even get to there, we need to start with how this film opens. Okay. Like, this is a fucking night, like, late 70s, mm-hmm. early 80s, grimy, nasty New York film that's not New York. Even the Warner Brother like, logo. It, exactly. I fucking, like, was high-fiving my buddy I was sitting next to when that shit happened. Like, I saw that, I'm like, yes! Yeah, yeah. Because, fuck that, just that and the font alone tell you what to expect. Mm-hmm. And it's just, God, it was so beautiful. Well, it, it puts you, and you're absolutely right with the Scorsese reference. I mean, he was originally going to produce this, I believe. Or he was signed mm-hmm. on as a producer, and then he had to drop out because he was oh. doing The Irishman or something. Um, yeah. But it it feels perfect for the period it's supposed to be in. Oh, yeah. Uh, 100% perfect. Uh, that being said, this musical score uh, was as much a character as mm. Joaquin Phoenix was um, in this. Definitely. It, it carried you along. It lifted you up. Sometimes when you weren't supposed to be lifted up, more oftentimes like that. But there's a through line of tension. Um, so in The Dark Knight, uh, you have scenes where uh, the Joker is crashing Bruce's party. Uh, and you have this chord of a, a stress chord just playing throughout the entire scene. There was similar tones to that. Um, for example, when he crawls inside of the um, refrigerator and the camera oh starts to God. shake a little bit and you start coming in to, to closer of the, the refrigerator, mm-hmm. I the entire final sequence, which I'm not going to talk about yet, because of the music, I was sh- physically shaking. Um, I was a little bit terrified. I wanted to cry. I like emotionally. I was, mm-hmm. I was at an edge that I don't know if it was in here or if it was because of the film or a mixture. It affected me. Oh yeah, <laughs> or, dude, I bawled. It affected me so. God, yeah. you cried. So I was like right there, and mm. it, it, I don't know if it's intentional, if it's just because we're so fucked up. This film really, really, really put me in a place that I was not comfortable being in, but I found this strange comfort being there. Mm-hmm. I don't. It, it oh, was yeah. so unsettling. Um, well, that's yeah. I was explaining that to my wife because I mean, it's, I've talked to you in private over this, but like anything that has to do with moms yeah. always fucks me up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that—that's the part where I cried was during that moment. Ugh. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. You know, we shouldn't have gone. It's like, no, that's like, that's why you want to experience this shit, because it makes you feel and experience things that you typically wouldn't. Like, it's I was so involved in that film that it affected me. And that's what I want from art. That's the Uh, best possible scenario um just quickly oh, in the yeah. chat if you guys are still staying with us because again this is a spoiler um if you have any comments about the show let us know uh and we'll bring it up uh gregory is saying this is todd phillips's masterpiece and dallas said he just left the theater and got second. the notification yeah second masterpiece. second second best film if nobody has seen hated and nobody knows who gg allen is do yourself a favor buy the dvd okay <laughs> it's it's a great introduction to punk rock. <laughs> um, the setup of this film is that um, Arthur Fleck 
is a working um, clown who is uh, suffering from severe mental issues. He's on seven different medications. He's seeing a state therapist. He lives at home uh, and takes care of his mother. Um, and he's trying. Uh, he is trying mm -hmm. to have a normal life. He is trying, as uh, Patrick Bateman would say from American Psycho, to fit in. And mm -hmm. it goes just about as well, where the yeah. world is against him. There's a lot going on in the 70s that economically that um, melds in perfect with this 1970s Gotham. Uh, mm -hmm. and so it didn't feel out of world. It didn't feel out of place. Mm -hmm. Um, emotionally you, you're brought in when he has his sign stolen from all the trailers and he chases after the kids who stole his sign and they beat the shit out of him. Um, and from go, you immediately get a sense that this world is not right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like this is wrong. Something is wrong. Something is rotten in, uh, in Gotham, <laughs> in fucking Denmark. Um, <laughs> what do you, what did you think about the world as it was set up for us? Because it is another creature. It, it's another entity. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's the nice thing about um, New York city in that era. Is it like, it always was a character. Mm -hmm. Like if you go back to films like street trash and like, that's the one that always comes to mind when I think like, that shit, even though it was Jersey, but whatever. Yeah. And it just got it. Just completely lost my train of thought. I had it right there, but it, it was definitely a character, and it was necessary. Like I'm glad they didn't stay like on stages for the majority. But I mean, yeah, we got a lot in his apartment. Um, got a pretty fair amount at his workplace thing. I don't know what the hell that'd be called. It was like a changing room. Base. <laughs> <his> yeah. <laughs> Um, but there's so much outside and there's mm. so much of the scenery. It's like, it just immediately puts you into like that time in our world that mm -hmm. wasn't really ours. Um, one thing that I really loved about it, uh, is that it's, you as a viewer are forced to become a part of the world that the characters inhabit, meaning we see things that happen to Arthur Fleck, like, for example, him getting up from the two detectives in, at the hospital and walking right into a glass window and yeah. laughing at him doing it. And immediately, you're part of the problem. We're set mm -hmm. as the viewer as part of the problem throughout the entire mm -hmm. show and throughout the entire film. And so the, the whole time, we're thinking we're going along for the ride and even at times championing uh, Joaquin Phoenix or sympathizing with the mm -hmm. things that are going on with, uh, I'm sorry, Arthur Fleck. And in reality, we're the fucking problem. We're the ones watching oh, yeah. this, laughing at him. We're the people taking delight in his misfortune, in his pain, in his misery. And that, mm -hmm. that turns. See, I don't, I don't quite, I don't know if I agree with that mm -hmm. because yes, we were laughing, but it was almost like laughing with him. But like he, at no point miserable. do you think, yeah, well, yeah, but like at no point do you think, oh man, that's fucking fun. I mean, aside from the glass part, that that was funny. That was mm -hmm. great comic relief. But it's like awkward. It, he's such an empathetic character. Like you just can't help but feel bad every time you see him. Like there's, you just 
It's like, holy shit, this guy is broken. How the hell do we fix this? And even up into the end, like, when all that shit's happening, like, you still just feel bad for him. Like, never once is like, yeah, you kind of deserve that shit. Was there ever a point in the film where it turned from championing him to thinking, okay, he's just gone too far? No. Not at all. Because I think we were supposed to feel that way. Like, I'm sure we were, but I don't know, because even like the music cues, like the, say the end scene when his homies from work show up mm-hmm. and he does what he does, mm-hmm. the music cues, it's happy music. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're supposed to, okay, so my, the way I looked at the film is it was an exploration of mental illness. And from the very beginning, they were trying to help you get into the mindset of what it is to be mentally ill. Mm -hmm. And as shit progresses, as he starts to get off his meds and things start to get worse, the music will change a little bit. So when something that maybe if it was set early in the film, there'd be a little bit of a, uh, a jarring sound to it. Mm -hmm. It's more like you kind of just want to go, yeah, this is fun. So I, I don't know. I think it's just supposed to keep you to the very end. Like even the ending when he's singing, fucking Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Like, that should be disturbing. That should be scary. But you just can't help but smile. Yeah. At least I could. I'm also fucking Oh, I definitely crazy, yeah. so. <laughs> Um There was a... Um, well, we, we gave the setup of the film. Let, let's explain the, the basics of what pushes um, the Joker to where he, he end, ends up being. And again, I don't think this was ever option for the character i think he in every step of the way he was pushed into being what Mm. he became and so he is a result of the city itself of humanity itself he is the end result of us as a species Mm -hmm. um, and how we interact with each other and i can't help but because of that feel sorry for the character Um, but also examine myself and my own behaviors. Um, And I think that's maybe the ultimate intention of this film. If there could be, and I don't know that there is, but if there could be seen uh, to be a sort of message as it were. Mm -hmm. But let let me set this up really quick because I think it's important for people to understand what happened. So we mentioned at the beginning that he was seeing a um, a therapist or a, a shrink in some capacity, but it was state sponsored um, because mm-hmm. he is destitute. He's poor, you know, taking care of his mother. Um, the biggest problem is that the city, thanks to uh, um, um, oh sweet fucking hell. Uh, Wayne. Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne. Thank Thomas you. Wayne. Thanks to Thomas Wayne, canceled some programs. He is doing mm-hmm. what he believes is best in order to rearrange, restructure the city in order to make some sort of economic turn and make everyone better. But there are massive consequences to it. And in his uh, interactions with the city, uh, tangentially, because you don't see it directly, uh, he calls mm-hmm. them clowns and he sort of, you know, as a politician does, has a lot of verbal flubs that shine a negative light on him if you're a regular working person or mm-hmm. a person of lower economic status. Um, uh, so his, the Joker's, or at this time, Arthur Fleck therapy sessions were cut down and out. And so he could no longer get his medications. And so immediately mm-hmm. from go, you realize, okay, well now how, 
how is he going to survive? He's using seven medications. He suffers, uh, as it's been presented to us, from an uh, uncontrollable laughing fits uh, because of either psychological trauma or um, physical trauma to the brain. Um, so there's, mm-hmm. there's so a mixture of the two. Yeah. Yeah. And so even, you know, when he, in that trailer, when he, he is looking at the little boy on the bus um, and the mom tells him to stop, he hands her a card while he's hysterically laughing mm-hmm. to explain, I'm sorry about this. I can't help this. And he's trying mm-hmm. to manage it. As soon as the funding is cut off, you start seeing this character change. Um, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of fa- uh, factors that, that fall in at the same exact time. So, for example, with his profession, um, he is seen as a creep because of this mental illness to the rest of his co-workers. Uh, he's given a gun by one of them because of the opening scene of being beaten by the children and them stealing and breaking the sign. Uh, and he keeps the gun. He, in fact, takes it to a children's hospital uh, <laughs> and it falls out. Yeah. Another scene where I was laughing at him and then I realized, oh, fuck, that's part of the problem, too. Um <laughs> but that's the final straw that causes him to get fired. Then his mom, we throughout the whole show has been sending letters to Thomas Wayne because she used to work for him and had to be let go. We're led to believe because of cutbacks or something. Um, and then uh, he stumbles upon this final letter and opens it up. And this is a big spoiler warning. Uh, she reveals that he, Arthur Fleck is the illegitimate son of his mother mm-hmm. and Thomas Wayne. And that along with the environment, along with no medication, along with losing his job, sort of pushes him over the edge. His ultimate goal is to be a comedian. That's why he's a clown mm-hmm. in the first place. And he he can't relate to other people, but he desperately wants to. Even when he goes into the, the com- comedy clubs, he's laughing at all the wrong beats. He doesn't understand the human natural human expressions of, of social humor mm-hmm. he has to study oh, yeah. it well and with the notes that he takes too you can mm-hmm. see how his mind's working over that yeah uh okay so dallas says uh, he thinks it's one of the most sympathetic films about mental illness to come out in years yeah yeah absolutely um it's what are the beats that you want to hit in his sort of downfall before we start talking about his rise Ah, fuck. I mean, really, like, just... It, let's talk about his co-workers. Okay. Like, just yeah, start with job those cocksuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not only... They, they mock him and stuff, but he's just not a very good clown. Even his mom says, don't you have to be funny to be a comedian? And then the scene ends yeah. right there. So you, you immediately know this guy... There's, You know he has mental Everybody illness. just shits on him. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's trying, but, like, his job... You choose a, a job like clown... Because you want to be a comedian? Like, it's a completely different... One is you're hiding behind a facade and, you know, sort of doing slapstick stupid shit in order to get a a totally different type of a laugh than if you were going to stand up on stage and tell witty jokes or or humorous stories or something. So what do you think it says about him or his mind that he would take that approach to it? Well, he kind of explains it, actually, uh, because he talks about growing up, his mom always said he was here to put a smile on faces. Mm. So he took that to heart. Like, I mean, clowns are supposed to make you smile. Clowns are supposed to make make you laugh. laugh. Aren't we fucking funny? Aren't we fucking funny? Yeah. Uh, If you don't have a reason why clowns aren't funny, and I... Oh, fuck, I just fucked that up. 
I'm going to come back. And if you don't have a reason why clowns aren't funny, I'm going to kill your whole fucking family. Uh, God, I can't I wait for him. I miss I know. him so goddamn much. I'm so sad he's somebody I never got a chance to meet at a convention because he was one of the coolest motherfuckers to meet from everybody I've ever talked to about it. Um, okay, so I'm sorry. Back to you were saying. Sorry. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's not really a long shot, especially because um, he was institutionalized because of his illnesses and stuff. We don't really actually know. Like, it's never said what he was in there for, but we just kind of naturally assume it was because of his mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I get it. You're going to want to get something that you think is contributing to society because he wants people to laugh. He wants people to smile. And you're also going to kind of take whatever the fuck you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I mean, it might just be me kind of grasping at things, but it kind of seemed like it was almost a state-assisted job. Um, like, somehow through the the um, like the doctor's welfare all that stuff like that's how we got something like that because they did speak heavily of um work being tied to his counseling right so that's just kind of what i imagined and i mean really it's the 70s you have no experience no, nothing to contribute what the hell else are you going to do you're going to take the first thing you can. yeah I, no, I, I think that's a really good way of, of looking at the whole work situation. Um, and I do think that it was definitely like he was he was put there with the assurance of the state that, you know, OK, well, as he, he, we have him under um, uh, therapy. So, you know, let give him a chance, give him a job. And then he's like, I just can't do it anymore. You're creeping everyone out. <laughs> yeah. Give back the sign or you're going to have to take it out of your wages. And just that stare. And the oh, yeah. The smile that just spreads on his face. It's so big. Um, yeah. Every time they give him a fucking nut shot, you just see a little bit more of him break mm-hmm. each time. Like in his eyes. It's so crazy. Uh, I, I want to, before we start talking about his experience with the city itself, I want to talk about um, the fact that he lives in a fantasy world. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about um, the mental illness side of it. I mean, that may be why he fantasizes so much, but it becomes an, a huge part of the film and ultimately maybe oh, yeah. the entirety of the film. And we'll get to that in a second. But mm-hmm. there's a whole sequence of him getting a girlfriend and her supporting him and going up and trying comedy and, and uh, through uh, uh, his mother's hospital stay. Uh, and it's all imaginary. It's all in his head. And that's... Mm-hmm. Again, that's that's a huge spoiler for people who haven't seen the movie. So. Oh yeah, but and then and then you watch back after he realizes that she was never there. Like when she, he randomly shows up in her apartment, mm-hmm. it hits all the beats where he had a special moment with her, and it's you know, she's obviously not there, and, and just, she's like, "Oh God, that hurts." Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to know, in your opinion, did he murder her and her daughter? I don't think so. Really? I don't think he would have. Yeah, I don't think he did. He because he was fully gone at that point. He yeah he was because I mean fuck that's right after he murdered his mother. Mm. But I don't know. I don't. It didn't set up like he murdered him. I mean yeah he left. He was storming out. But I mean that's also just how he walked. So mm. I I don't know. I don't know. I distinctly got I, I I had the impression that he did, which was another mm-hmm. reason where I was just like, oh shit. 
oh shit, this guy is over the edge. But then you can also look at it and say, he never killed anyone that didn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. Like, like literally no one. The first time he shot those three guys that started the entire that was clown issue, self-defense. He was doing it to save yeah. his life. Um, the guy he, the, he stabbed in the eyes, that was the guy that gave him the fucking gun in the first place mm-hmm. and then ratted on him and got him fired. And then he was coming yep. over pretending to be a friend when really he was just trying to get an alibi. Yeah. And so he snapped and then he let the, the little person go because he never mm-hmm. shit on him. He killed his mom yeah, because his mom, great. what did his mom do? Do you want to go into that? Oh yeah. Fucking what didn't she do? So we find out, uh, because he goes to Arkham Asylum after talking to, uh, uh, Thomas Wayne, cause he, he confronts him in a theater. Like he sneaks in past a giant mob of clowns, which was funny. Um, and confronts him and he, after being, rude he's like look your mom's fucking crazy that's why we got rid of her she was institutionalized because the shit that her and her boyfriend did to you then he punches him in the face and then he goes to arkham uh arkham asylum and gets the papers to find out that yeah his mom is like has delusional fits um she was abusive neglective um and that's when we find out where his problems stem from because he was found chained to a radiator and her boyfriend had beaten the living shit out of him. Yeah. First of all, he was adopted. It wasn't even her kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was adopted. Yeah. And then he was abused by the boyfriend. And she sat by and let it happen while the boyfriend also beat her up. She was already crazy, which is ultimately why she was fired from the, the Wayne um, employee. But the fact that she was so delusional that she started lying about Thomas Wayne and fucking with his head, that was, I think that was just like the turning point for him. He just couldn't take anymore he thought the whole time that was the only person in this horrible world that had his back that was supportive of yeah. him and so he did everything he could for her he get, and he, he, i got the impression that he was giving her food and making sure she would eat neglecting himself in the process yeah that's exactly what i got too and for her to then end up being the bad guy in this entire mm-hmm. experience of his life to date that was just too much too much and so maybe with all that being said he only killed people and even at the end of the film he only killed people that deserved it and and mocked him openly oh yeah um i really appreciate that now in 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 retrospect so maybe he didn't kill that woman and her daughter yeah see i don't think he would have that makes me feel a little bit better but then you know we do have that final scene before the rolling of the credits so um i don't (laughs) i don't want to go there yet so let, okay. let's talk about the environment of the city and, and the denizens of the city, us, the, the population. Um, this was, his first experience was, as we had already mentioned, was being jumped by a bunch of kids while he was trying to do his job. And because of his um, mental status, because of his disease, he has this laughing fits. He gets his ass beat and ends up murdering those um, guys that beat him up in the train. Um, well, I've, I, I don't know if we had mentioned it or not, but they were like, um, you know, uh, white collar Wayne Tech employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's part of the catalyst of Thomas Wayne doing what he did. Mm-hmm. And they were like so, straight up dude bros, like asshole. Yeah, they were bros. fucking. Yeah, they were assholes. They were trying to basically fry rape the chick on the bus or mm-hmm. the the train. Yeah, and then when she ran away, they decided to kick the shit out of him. Yeah, and that because that's a pivotal scene. Let's let's talk about that really quick because I think. That was that was a moment for Arthur that I think he had the best of intentions initially. I think he was trying to draw 
attention away or was he just a witness do you think no he's just a witness and he it made him nervous that's why he started laughing okay so the, the three guys walked way? in suits talking about some weird sexual exploit like oh the bitch if you really wanted it you know whatever acting like dude bros and then um they they're clearly drunk or high one of them had a bag of fries and was trying to offer it to the only other person uh, other than arthur in a subway car and she was like no thanks and they're just being really upfront dude bro-ish throwing fries at her and stuff and that's when arthur started having his fit of laughing and they turned attention to him she walked out they came over and just beat the hell out of him and that's when he just snapped and became the joker for the very first time and when he was trying to get the records from Arkham Asylum about his mother, and he said, I was supposed to feel bad about it, mm -hmm. but I didn't. Like, that was just... Yeah. <laughs> that was so beautiful. <laughs> it's like, man, I wonder if that's really what it's like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dallas is saying he didn't kill the little person because, like him, he was also shit upon. Um, I could see well, that. No, he I mean, would... he said well, why he, he didn't do it. He said what it was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he's like, I'm going to let you go because you're the only one that ever treated me well. The kisses him on the head lets him out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, why, yeah, why would you? I mean, it's, it's, he never did shit to you. Why yeah. fuck with him? The other guy, yeah, he, he deserved that 100%. So all of the, the whole clown frenzy came out of that initial murder of those three uh, Wall Street, essentially, um, Wayne employees. Um, and Thomas Wayne used it as a sort of token to, you know, he's running for office and, and saying that he's going to, you know, clean up this city and, you know, these poor souls or whatever he calls the, uh, after he said the clown, um, he said something like uh, the poor citizens or the, the fools or something. They don't know what's best for them, but I'm going to fix it for them. Um, just yeah. totally talking down to the entire fucking city. And so that pisses oh, yeah. off people, working people and poor people and people less than uh, economically stable as he is and so they all champion that idea of the clown and so everyone's running around with clown masks and protesting in their clown masks um that first time oh okay so before we jump into um the the clown aspect of it uh let's talk about the his stint as a comic because that's really what gets him to that final scene um mm -hmm. well the scene before the final scene uh he tries what'd you best... call it a stint yeah <laughs> one stand-up it only attempt. happened once <laughs> he went to a yeah. club performed horribly uh and then it was recorded by the club itself sent to this mm -hmm. talk show that he just adores and looks up to um and then uh they make fun of him and so as he's sitting in the room with his mother, who just had uh, a stroke, and he sees himself on the screen, he thinks they're laughing with him. And then all of a sudden, the punchline comes from the talk show, and they just say, no one's laughing, and you, know, you should have listened to your mother. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not trying yeah. to be a comedian. Um, but that late show calls him up and tries to have him on as a guest. As he's been off his meds, He's trying to work his way into who he actually is, and he's feeling like he's finally getting to normal. Um, well, his this, version of this normal. Was the crazy, yeah. Well, this was the crazy part too, because this is after he murdered his mother. This mm -hmm. is after the detectives have already been like writing his ass and trying to, you know, ask more questions, but he's actively avoiding them. Yeah. So it's like this is when people would usually break down, and he's like, "Oh, 
hey, that's fucking cool. Let's mm-hmm. do this. So he agrees. And so on that Thursday, he's supposed to, to go to the actual uh, late show and perform. Um, this is intermittent between the mother having a stroke after having been questioned about um, the Arthur because of the three people being murdered um, in the subway and Arthur going to the Wayne Manor directly trying to talk to Thomas to say, hey, dad, it's me, your son, um, yeah. and meeting Bruce for the first time, uh, doing a little bit of clown shtick. And then reaching through the gates and making him smile, which was super creepy. And then, I don't know. Was, oh, yeah. Was that Alfred that we met? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I, keeper, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I would imagine it would probably be Alfred, but yeah. I don't know. I, I stayed for the credits. I didn't actually pay attention. Yeah. I assumed it was, but I have no confirmation on that. Mm-hmm. Um, he almost chokes him out. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. Alfred... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Arthur almost chokes out Alfred uh, before mm-hmm. he runs away because he was telling him, look, your mom's fucking crazy. She, mm-hmm. You are not Thomas's son. Your mom's a nut job. And then he just like loses yeah. it through the gate, gripping him and choking him. Um, and then well, and that's when he finds out about the asylum. Isn't, or no, that was for Thomas. Just kidding. Well, but he, like, he looked at Bruce and that's when mm-hmm. he stopped choking Alfred. And ran away. Do you think yeah. it was because he was like, I don't want my brother to see me this way? Or he saw the the fright in the, the innocent child and then he realized what he was doing? Or what? why do you think he, he let him live? I think it was partially the latter. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he cares. I mean, obviously, he's murdered. I mean, at this People point, he's still as sane as he'll ever be. Because he didn't lose it yeah. at that point. It, it was just, I think it's just he didn't want to do it in front of the child. Mm-hmm. He realized that he was scaring a child and that's, I mean, he's a fucking clown. Yeah. You're supposed to make children smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, Bruce is shitting himself. <laughs> Poor Bruce. Um, uh, okay, so that's that's pretty much the, the entire experience of the city. Concurrently, <laughs> after that initial setup of those three uh, Wayne employees being murdered by um, Arthur... The detectives are on his ass the whole time, um, which mm-hmm. is ultimately the cause we discover for the mother having a stroke out of a fit and being sent to the hospital. And um, that's the final transition we see of mm-hmm. uh, Arthur into the Joker. And I would think that because of the camera work, because of the scene, it was when he crawled into the refrigerator and we suddenly had everything changing. Um mm-hmm. I just got the sensation that that was his cocoon. And as soon as he Absolutely. exited that cocoon, he was no longer Al- or, um, uh, Arthur at all. He was the yeah. Joker. Well, it was right after that scene that he goes on the show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it's straight up. That was like an on-the-nose metamorphosis. Um, what did you think of him coming out of with the green hair, dancing down the steps... Um, and like, what did you think of that version? Like that, the, our first reveal of the Joker as the Joker. Seeing it in the context of the film, I absolutely adored it. Um, it was perfect. It's like, that was his moment of Mm self-realization, like his, his celebration of self-realization. Um, because, I mean, yeah, that's that was in the trailers and shit, but it's just like, oh, okay, there's that fucking crazy guy dancing down the stairs as another crazy guy. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah when you actually watch it throughout like it it totally is deserved i i loved it yeah there was such this wonderful juxtaposition between the confident joker at that point and alfred from the first time we saw him it was just such mm -hmm. a wonderful change um for the character i say wonderful because it's really <laughs> terrible but it was such a wonderful experience to mm -hmm. witness this finally he had a sense of happiness like he's never been happy he's oh, been yeah. abused and beaten down if not by his mother's boyfriend by the city by his co-workers mm -hmm. by his therapist by everything I mean, she didn't really beat him down, but she had to leave him. And so he, you know, he just yeah. didn't have anyone to talk to. Um, by the only show that he loved more than anything else, the man he, he fantasized about saying that he wanted a son like him. Like, mm -hmm. he, they even made fun of him. And mm -hmm. this was the first time that he felt like himself. And I can't help but champion that because that's yeah. endearing. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I love that. That's when uh, at the detectives, again, come back on the scene and start chasing him. They oh, yeah. run into the subway. Well, that's, that was the other part about that scene was you just see two silhouettes, mm -hmm. like just barely in the background. Like if you're not paying attention, you don't even notice them. And it's just like the whole time you're like, fuck, this is going to end for him. The one time he found happiness and it's going to end immediately. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they chase him down into the subway. There's a huge protest that is going to be downtown, and so tons of clowns are filling the, the subway at the same time that um, the Joker gets on it and the detectives jump on it to chase him. Um, ultimately, uh, one of the uh, detectives accidentally murders one of the clown residents. No, he didn't accidentally. You don't think that was that was not, Did you see his that face afterward? Because he was trying. They yeah, because were wrestling he realized the they were all going to come. No, no, that wasn't an accidental discharge. Like, he straight up shot that guy. Okay, okay. The The look on his face was the realization of, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I read it a little bit differently, but the ending doesn't matter because ultimately all of the clowns turn against them. And uh, that's when you see the train stop and Joker mm. walks out just as confident as ever, smoking a cigarette going to yeah. perform on the late show yeah uh, yeah that was so great as soon as he takes the mask off it's just like all right back with the plan yeah. <laughs> um uh what do we is there anything else you wanted to cover before we get to that late show scene no we pretty much have like eh, really everything else is just it, it it's nuances that you can't really explain you just have to actually experience because yeah. really i mean that's what this is you watch his mental breakdown and his realization of what he is supposed to do with his life mm -hmm. so i it, we've, we've really covered it it's rough because you're you're not only sympathizing with him as a character you're also like championing him at some parts you know oh, you fucking most of the movies <laughs> I mean, it, it's so strange. I kept reflecting to all the media before the film was ever released, um, talking about how it would incite incels to violence and stuff. And I thought, I can see how their mind would go there. I personally see this as um, uh, a, a character that I connect with. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I'm emotionally connecting with this character. And then I started feeling dirty and like, oh shit, what does that say <laughs> about me? Like, wh- how how yeah. is it possible that I'm connecting with this character because we are so <laughs> wildly different? <laughs> Did you ever have a point where you questioned why you loved him so much? No. That's just, but that's, that's also my mindset. Like I, I can, it's, it's fantasy. I understand that it's fantasy, but there's of course, like I've had shit in my past that I had to deal with. And it's like, I get it. There's been plenty of times that if I had a gun, there'd probably be dead people and I'd be in prison. Like I, I get it. I get it. Um, word seven, eight, nine said he was expecting more from the late show part. If he's being honest, I expected less because I really thought was. I'm sorry. I I was thinking it was going to be a fantasy. Mm. I didn't think it was going to be real. I thought he was going to get on the soundstage and security security would drag him off. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. So when he actually sat down, it was like, "Fuck! All right, let's see where this goes." Even though kind of kind of already figured how it was going to play out. Yeah. The um the entire there was a handful of scenes up to like him being announced as being on the show and agreeing to do it to him actually getting on the subway to go to it where he would tell his punchline and then he would, you know, pretended to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And so the whole time I thought he yeah. was going to off himself. And when he finally did that, you get what you fucking deserve line. I was just like, Oh, uh, there oh it is. God. There it yeah. is. <laughs> Which ends up God, being a clarion so call for the movement. But, um, um, well, let's just talk about it. Let, let's, let's, let's go over it. So he, he shows up, he's in the green room. Um, the, uh, the host and the fixer come in and they're talking to the producer, talking to Mark Barron and De Niro, um, saying we shouldn't have him on because of the political climate right now. Things are going mm-hmm. too crazy with all these protests. And he's like, you know, why are you wearing the makeup? He's like, I'm not political at all. I don't care what's going on. This is just, mm-hmm. you know, how I look. And then, uh, he's like, just call me Joker. He agrees. They agree to do the bit still. And um, then he comes out on stage and he doesn't tell any jokes. He does his little bit of dance on his way to the carpet, sees the Dr. Ruth type female character, makes <laughs> out with the bitch. <laughs> like, yeah, that was great. I didn't mean to call her bitch. I don't know why I said that. She's a, a fine young woman, old woman. Um, but it was just weird and funny that he like too long. <laughs> he was making out with this girl. Uh, and then he sat down and they did a little bit of back and forth and he asked uh, to tell him a joke. So he reached back. I thought that's when he was going to pull out the gun. He pulls out uh, his book of jokes and thoughts and nudies and uh, um, reads uh, a joke, which of course falls flat. And then they start talking uh, because he just can't help but finally say, look, I killed those three men. I killed them. And it felt good, and they deserved it. And he just starts running down the litany of, you wouldn't even care about these deaths if it was me. If I was on the street dying, you just walk right past me. But because it's these people that work for these other people who are wealthy, everyone cares about it. The media is giving them attention, blah, blah, blah. And, like, you're the problem. You're the reason why it's, you know, wrong that, that all this stuff is happening. I'm happy about it. It was, it was great. And it was just this wonderful final... It's like the the speech before a battle scene of every war movie ever. You know? Yeah, definitely. It is that final monologue that just gives you everything that you wanted to know with what was inside the character spelled out just in case you didn't get it while you were watching the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then do you do you want to talk about what happens after then? <laughs> the fucking gunshot. 
God, that was so perfect. Like for a second, I almost thought it wasn't going to happen. And then just point blank right in the face pops him. And then stands up, looks at him. Bah, another one. He's clearly already dead because his brains are everywhere. Yeah. God, it was just so beautiful. And then walks right up to the camera and starts talking about it and why he did it. Ugh. It was. And I just love that because it cuts to the technical difficulties and then it just pulls out and you get the different um, reactions to that moment. Yeah. It's just and, and in God, all so of those little um, TVs. There, the one on the, near the bottom, you see like the continuation of him talking, and then all of a sudden the crew jumps on him and like wrestles him mm -hmm. to the ground and stuff, which I thought was nice that they still carried that scene through um, in a specific oh, yeah. way. Um, yeah, he then cuts to being in the back of a police car, being driven through a riotous city, completely <laughs> the city yeah. has got lost their fucking minds at this point, um, looting, burning, you know, just everything. Um, the driver gets distracted and then an ambulance crashes into their car. Uh, mm -hmm. Ultimately, the driver of that ambulance is one of the clown masked uh, denizens who walks around and they lovingly pull him out. Joaquin Phoenix's Joker pulls mm -hmm. the Joker out of the back of the police uh, car and put him on the hood lovingly as if Christ came from the cross and they were waiting That's for his exactly resurrection. exactly what I saw. That is exactly how I took it. It was just brilliant. They, it, they immediately worshipped him. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Well, and then as soon as he gets up, and mm -hmm. they start cheering and shit, and he starts dancing. Oh. God, that was just so good. I thought that it should have ended when he saw he was bleeding from the mouth and created the smile. Oh. That's, I thought, when it should have ended. But they had him turn around and the throng of cheering clowns that mm -hmm. they ended up pulling back a little bit and that was the final end but just that that scene of him finally he's connected to the society yeah. finally he's a part of society finally he's they making finally everyone smile yeah he knows he's alive but no one sees him and now everyone sees him it's just the greatest final moment for the joker and i was so happy mm -hmm. that he finally got some semblance of connection but more than that a throng of cheers. It was just the best possible ending. And then it wasn't over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell us the that, scene? Honestly, that, like the actual ending where he's in the asylum and stuff, like that's honestly how I figured it should end. Like, because of course he's going to get locked up. That's his shit. He, he'll break out, he'll do some shit, and then he gets locked back up and they try to make him not crazy anymore. Oh, that's and how you just, read it. Yeah. I read it differently. Yeah, you read it as everything was a fantasy? Yeah. Well, see, okay. And I honestly didn't think of that until you said something. Because the, my, like, how I took it, that's how it would be with the comics. Mm -hmm. But this admittedly, aside from the fact that it's an IP, like, it's so far removed from any of the comics. Like, even the you know, the, the small origin stories that we do have of the Joker, mm -hmm. like nothing to this extent. Um, but yeah, it just, it just made sense to me. I just immediately bought it thinking, oh, okay, of course he's going to be locked up. And then to have him just, you know, start laughing his ass off. And, you know, she asked, you know, what, what's so funny? Just thinking of a joke. 
Mm-hmm. You, wouldn't you wouldn't get, get it. it. <laughs> I just thought that was perfect. So he so, he's that final scene. He is in a hospital. We're led to believe that he was put there, and it, it's set up as he was put there after he was rescued by everyone. Um, and it's a therapist, and she's like, "Well, why don't you tell me?" And then he just sort of looks at her, and then it cuts to him walking down the hall with bloody footprints, and then being chased yeah. back and forth by a fucking orderly. <laughs> Oh, and it's all Scooby Doo style too. Like they that just was needed Benny Hill music. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. So good. Um, okay, so the setup was, I, I'm presuming that at some point he was recaptured and put into the asylum, um, as far as the film. But be, the reason why I don't think that's the case, and that I think that it's different, is that. We were shown he lives in a fantasy world, the entire film. Um, We open with him seeing a therapist, but being told that he was released from uh, uh, being a patient, that he came Mm -hmm. out of a hospital. And then we end with him already in the hospital. And so I really do think every single thing and that's why he was just reflecting and staring because he was thinking about the whole thing we just saw and laughing about it i i really think this entire film was a joke that he was imagining in his head but he still killed I, her and he still killed people to i get could there. see it yeah yeah i could see it i i definitely want to watch it again like with that in mind I just find it interesting because if that's the case, then it plays in perfectly to who the Joker is that we've known. Mm-hmm. We don't. No one knows anything about him. Everything. Well, see that. Okay. the The one thing, the one problem I do have with that is um, during the riot scene, um, you know, the Waynes get killed, and of course, that's the catalyst to make Batman. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, they showed that. That's not. Would that be a part of the fantasy, or was that real? Like, that's my only issue with that thought. Well, and another part of this is, um, we've been told over and over again, this has no connection to anything. And in fact, it's not even a traditional Joker film, because it's not connected to any comics. All they want Mm -hmm. it to do is be a standalone character study film. um, Through the context of the Joker character. Which, again, Mm -hmm. I think it is a brilliant ex- explanation of that. But to your point, they do show a lot of connections. I mean, specifically to Batman mm-hmm. v Super- Superman. Like, the the Excalibur film poster, them going in the alley, the, oh, yeah. the pearls being broken apart like they did, just like the very beginning of Batman versus Superman. So, it... Well, it that's is, just Batman lore, period. Like, But not the pearls like uh, that, is it? Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, like everything, even down to the you know Zorro, the Zorro, the gay blade, hmm. like that's the film they went okay. and saw. When so it is consistent happened. with it. So that's that's yeah, one that's, argument that's, for why it would have actually happened is that yeah, clearly in that you know Joker universe mm-hmm. that stuff did happen. Um, I do like that it was just a random clown. It wasn't the Joker that did it. Yeah, because that is one thing that's sort of hinted at um, in various comics is that maybe it was the Joker that did it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because I, I no one no one really knows, mm-hmm. it, at least from my understanding. Yeah, um, I I came into this film 
hot off the heels of Brightburn, where it was a reimagining of a superhero to a supervillain, um, sort of serial killer alien type frame. And so watching this from the Joker's perspective, I really enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, again, and like I said, that entire late show scene where the, the music was just so disquieted and, and, and just tension and suspense filled. I, I was like physically shaking. I found my, like my jaw was shaking. I, I couldn't, I wanted to fucking cry because I was like, he's, he's finally getting what he's always wanted to be seen on air and he's doing it on his terms and it's just so goddamn beautiful, but I'm terrified of what's going to happen next. I don't know what's going to happen and I don't want it to happen, but I want it to happen and I want to see it. I, and because you don't know whether it's just going to be a, a fantasy or it's reality, or you don't know if he's going to kill himself or kill the show, the show host or all of the audience, you just, be, because you don't know, it's terrifying. It's so mm -hmm. suspense filled and it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, did you come out of the show? How did you come out of the show feeling? Oh, I fucking loved it. I was so goddamn happy. Like the whole time we were watching the credits, that's all I kept talking about was how this was probably one of my favorite fucking superhero movies or comic book movies mm -hmm. at this point. Like it just, it was so perfect. It, it was like nothing we'd seen at least not in like current era as far as like comics and shit are concerned. Yeah. I, I just, God, I was so happy. Like I had high expectations for it mm -hmm. and they definitely far surpassed them. It, it, it did exactly what it said it was going to do. And it was better than I expected it to be doing it. Yeah. And walking Phoenix owned that version of the Joker. Absolutely. I, I would definitely put him in the top three at this point. So like because as far as like my jokers. Yeah, I think it's inevitable. We have to rank them. So do you want to give your top three jokers? Okay, so Mark Hamill, Troy Baker, Joaquin Phoenix. Who is Troy Baker? We're not friends anymore, Adam. <laughs> um, so he's, a, he's another voice actor. Okay. Uh, he's the one that uh, took over doing the Joker after Arkham City. When, um, God damn it, what was the company that put out Origins? Uh, so the, the third, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the third Arkham game was, it was a one-off that wasn't actually from the parent company, but it was Arkham Origins and the Joker was in it, but Hamill had already said that he was retiring after Arkham City, so he wasn't going to do that character anymore. Um, so he did it. And if you guys don't know who he is, uh, look up Troy Baker killing joke monologue. Um, like the, he, he did a panel with, uh, at Comic-Con years and years ago, and he did the, the monologue from the killing joke and it will give you goosebumps. It is fucking beautiful. It's interesting you didn't do any of the other actor actors, like just the voice actors, not the like they physical presence. Actors. You know okay, what I mean, so on screen. Okay, so on screen actors. Um, Nicholson, just for the single fact, that's what I grew up with. Mm -hmm. um, Caesar, oh fuck, okay. Shit, that's a hard one. Now. It is. <laughs> Okay, so Nicholson and Romero will put them as a, at a tied first place. Oh wow! Um, and then definitely Joaquin Phoenix, and then Heath Ledger. So you like as, that's that's the only part of the Nolan trilogy that I like. Like I 
fucking hated those movies. I thought they were absolute garbage. Wow. But Heath Ledger's Joker was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've I've got to do a very similar list than yours. Um, and I'm not doing any of the voice actors because I'm not, not to shit on them or anything, but just because comparing on screen to on screen. Because you're not a loser like me. Is, I think, more fair. Um <laughs> I, I do think it's I think it's Nicholson, it's Ledger, and it's Phoenix for me. I think Joaquin Phoenix did a brilliant job. I don't think it held up to the Heath Ledger because the Heath Ledger, Ledger's Joker was more in line to the Joker that we know. The established, I am a criminal boss and I am insane and I will physically murder you. The Joaquin Joker um, was an origin story. And so he <laughs> wasn't fully there yet. I mean, even in the chat room, uh, Words is saying... Uh, uh, where was it? He's expecting to be more of a villain if you're going to call him Joker. And I think the truth is he wasn't a villain. He wasn't even Joker until the last act so of the film. So we don't see who he is after that, you know? Mm. But this performance, I thought it was so good. I just thought it was so goddamn good. You know what? I can't put Nicholson up there. I have to put Nicholson as number three. I have to. I think Ledger is number one, Phoenix is number two, and Nicholson is number uh, three. I grew up with that's the, fair. the 1989 that's fair. Batman, and I love it with all of my heart. Um, mm -hmm. But, god damn it, man. It, it's really, it's close between Phoenix and, and uh, Ledger. It, they're mm -hmm. two very different versions of the same character, but they both masterfully own, as actors, own the role. And you oh, yeah. can't you can't denigrate that. Like it's so no. so good. Oh, all right. So, would you recommend this to anyone? This film? Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I. It's something I have to see at least one more time before it's out of theaters because yeah. uh, there's just. I mean, of course, movies are just fun to watch. Period. But uh, with something like this, it it's a it is a vastly different experience to watch it in theaters, yeah. especially when you're the asshole that laughs at the parts that you're not supposed to laugh at, and everybody stares at you. <laughs> It's fun. Yeah. I feel like we don't see enough movies together because we laugh at similar parts almost all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Last one was The Nun, I think. That was a while ago. Yeah, that was. We well, we that. saw that Superman double feature. Was that before or after The Nun? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for, that was after The Nun. Okay, so it's still been a while. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I guess it hasn't been that long, yeah. but it's still been free. Um, long. Well, we got to remedy that soon. Uh, Definitely. Thank you for coming on and talking about The Joker with me, man. Hell yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, and thank you guys for tuning in and, and sharing your thoughts on it as well in the chat room. Um, we j we've been wanting to talk. We do a Star Wars podcast, and we always bring up horror movies or other franchises or other movies throughout our conversations, and we always want to talk about it. And so we're trying to figure out a way to do that. I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to talk about this film, and mm -hmm. certainly not with you, Cameron, because I think you and I get each other... Uh, at least our films and, and we have um differing but i think equally interesting <laughs> opinions i'm gonna put my opinion is equal as yours maybe yours is better um <laughs> no 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 but, <laughs> opinions are just that they're opinions <laughs> like no buttholes. Um, <laughs> well i like the smell of your opinion <laughs> all right thank thanks everyone this was a spoiler review of joker um i don't know what this is gonna mean or do or anything for the future of anything else we do together but um here's the future people hail satan yeah hail satan